1: I'm Elizabeth Reese. I'm Marjorie Ponnett. This is Best to the Nest, the podcast that's all about creating strong, comfortable, beautiful nests that prepare us to fly. Marjorie, listen, we promise a part two and we deliver a part two. Are you ready for today?
2: Not only am I ready, I am so excited about this because this is the conversation I have in my own head by myself all the time and I'm thrilled to have Somebody who actually knows what they're talking about, because I don't. So <laughs> I'm very excited about this conversation. Well, listen, last week we
1: talked with Laura Pulisic, and we got to know her and just love her. And she's the founder of Toxi Free. And um, we were so inspired by our conversation with her. It was actually one of our longest podcast episodes to date because we just could not stop. And I said, you know, let's do a part two. On the air. And I'm really excited about today's conversation with Laura because when we talked about this idea of Toxie Free and Laura's store in Stillwater and her mission to really feed herself and others. Really nutrient dense, nourishing food and to sort of have this awakening of how great can we feel as people if our bodies are properly nourished and if we are removing, um, some of the stuff that's getting in the way from our lives and from our homes, how great can we feel? And I think it was a really great overall conversation. And Marjorie, I think you and I were both going, okay, but we got to get down to the nitty gritty of some of the tangibles of what we can start doing.
2: Well, this idea of how good can we actually feel, this is what, that's what stuck with me from last week is I think we've all accepted a level of inadequacy in Mm -hmm. our own health because we think it has to be. And I, I, and I, I think it's too scary to think about what we're actually eating What's in the atmosphere? What's in the air in our homes? What's and that's when I say I have the conversation in my head by myself all the time. This became an obsession with me, as I said last time, when my son, who was a baby, had asthma and I couldn't figure out what was going on. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of learning about offgassing. And this was 1993, offgassing was not sort of top of mind conversation and I became obsessed with it. And that's really when I started becoming obsessed with what was in our furniture, what was in our new cabinets. We had built a new house, what was actually being pumped into the air. And then that leads you into food. But the interesting thing is I never felt, I never thought about how am I feeling? I was only in like critical care for him. And then when that went away, that obsession sort of faded. But that should have been a really green light, that that should have been kind of a life mission because something was happening. And Laura, that's why I'm so glad you're here because I think people need to make this their mission, including myself.
1: Laura, welcome back to Best to the Nest. Part deux, as we say.
2: (laughs) You're so fancy. Fancy speak.
3: Hi, Laura. Hi. Thank you so much. Oh my gosh. This is a thrill for me. And I so appreciate this discussion right here in the beginning because it brought me back to that surprise and shock of how good i felt just from that shift to the nutrient dense nourishing food and then i became obsessed of not wanting to mess that up
1: yeah and then right.
3: that's where it just was what am i going to cook this precious these precious nutrients in what am i going to store these precious nutrients how am i going to Get the nutrients out of the pan, you know, all it just kept going that way. So this is so I good. Appreciate that.
1: I love your mentality because I do think Marjorie, when, you know, as you start talking about like off gassing and your home and we, and we start talking about all these things, I think it can feel very overwhelming to people because totally. again, as we mentioned last week, when you start to take on a life like this, you're a salmon swimming upstream because this is not the way that American culture, that American food policy is uh, created. You are looked at as, I mean, the amount of times that I'm looked at like a crazy person when I say like, like, no, I'm not going to give my kids that, it's, it's a lot. And so I think the more we can have these conversations and learn, the more we can kind of say, hey, we're going to take control and we're going to take control of our health and our wellness and we're going to feel as good as we can
2: feel. And I think we have to say anything anything you start to do in this direction is better than not doing it. For sure. Here, Here's the part that's overwhelming though. So like five years ago, my son had me watch a documentary about fast fashion and I love clothes and it made me absolutely ill because when you think about Clothes are cheaper now for our generation than they were 40 years ago. Why is that? It's because of fast fashion and and the way stuff's being made and all that. I mean, I could go so deeply into this. I won't. So I started buying sort of high-end clothes. So this morning, I just, I'm getting a dress that has, I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce this correctly, viscose in it, um, which is rayon. So I started researching what's in rayon it's not good. It's not good at all. And I've already bought this secondhand. So it's like, that's when it gets even overwhelming to me because I'm trying, I'm trying so hard to do what's right for me. I'm trying to do what's right for the planet, even though I'm buying secondhand, am I still contributing? So I just want to say that because even I feel overwhelmed and I'm trying really hard. And so I think we just have to give ourselves grace for the baby steps that we can all take because you can't attack it at every level. You can't. And I'm trying. I mean, I'm trying so hard on clothes because it's my obsession and I feel like this morning a little bit like I'm failing and I had to tell myself, look, just give yourself some grace on that. Mm -hmm. Your dress has rayon on it. You've already bought it. Deal with it. And you bought it (laughs) secondhand. But that's how hard it is because we are swimming upstream.
1: Laura, as we get started into these really tangible things that you can kind of make some small changes in your house, let's, maybe you can expound on that a little bit, that idea of giving people grace. When people come into the store or they take a class from you or they become a member of your community, what's the mentality that you want people to go into this with so that they don't feel like, ah, and then just quit?
3: It's totally meeting everyone where they are and creating their nest of how where they're comfortable. Mm-hmm. So what I just heard you say is you invested money in a second hand what you thought was you know going to help you along this path and then you found out about an ingredient in it that might be harmful. So but you're still going to keep it because it would be wasteful to not you know to just not wear it or something like that. So all of these things are just what all of us have to do to navigate the world we live in right now. And it's just, I really think that having that awareness of it is a miracle. And you know, the next time you purchase, now you're Mm going to know not to that you're not comfortable with that ingredient. Right. Anymore. That's and so well, that to me is life changing. Yeah. And it just, it, yes. And it, it feels so good. Every little step and, uh, progression on this path, it just snowballs right. and it just keeps feeling better and better and better. And what happened with me is when I, when I found out about clothing, I, I felt the same way. I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, I have just done all of these things and now this, you know, right. I love clothes too. And it's a way for my expression and my style and it's, you know, beautiful. And so that was very difficult. And then at that time, when I started investigating natural clothing, it was awful. Like, you know, <laughs> it just like a male type t-shirt that had a picture of a peace sign on I'm like I'm not wearing that you know (laughs) so that has been a whole another adventure but that's where I became an accidental minimalist and when I found some a you know a piece or two of clothing that fit my style that no one even knows now that I wear natural clothing because it looks like everyone else's. Right. It's an investment, but I always turn to it. It's just, it's like the food. It nourishes me mm. and I'm so much happier without those other clothes because so many of them went unworn. I, right. I can't wear all the clothes that I think are beautiful. I yeah. just can't. Right. Unless Marjorie. I make, you are know you hearing this <laughs> are you listening, Marjorie Punnett? I love you so much.
2: Hearing this? <laughs> I, I am hearing this, Laura. And I one think thing is important
1: it is important, and one thing that keeps resonating with me, you know when you get those little like we always get these little as Oprah would say, the aha moments on this podcast right. of the little zingers that stick with me is that's an ingredient that I'm not comfortable with anymore for some reason, when you said that that just really resonated with me. And that feels so good to me to think that of like, hey, this is an ingredient I'm not comfortable with anymore. And when you say that to yourself or you express that boundary to other people, I don't think that comes across as like any sort of, you know, I'm better than you or superiority. It's just this ingredient I'm not comfortable with anymore. Okay. So when it comes to things we're not comfortable with anymore, we're going to start with your floss and your toothbrush. So Laura has provided us with a list of what she's calling the best to the nest gift pack. Okay. So these are items that she thinks are sort of Mm -hmm. like the starter kit to a toxin-free Life that she has available at her store in Stillwater and available for shipping. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I want to go through as many of these as we can get to so that we can understand why what you currently are using might not be the best choice and why you might be able to um, to support your health and your wellness and your your mission to nourish your body with something a little bit better. So floss you talked a little bit about this last time. This is like the tiniest item in your house. How can it make such a big impact?
3: Right. And well, one, I thought right away on my own path, I'm putting this in my mouth and it, you know, is getting into my gums, which is going in right in, I'm ingesting, you know, whatever I'm putting in my mouth. And so that, and then just realizing Well, I guess just thinking about what floss is made of, Mm -hmm. you know, and what the bristles on my toothbrush were made of. Like I had never thought of that. I'm just like, you get the toothbrush, you get the floss, and you have to remember to do it. Right. That's (laughs) the important part. Yeah. Yes. And so just with that little mind shift, switching, and then it does, um, just like finding the information. It took me a long time to contact the companies and find which one had organic essential oils. And, you know, all of that happens. That's why I, you know, get up every morning to try to um, provide these so other people don't have to go through the long process of searching. Like the pen is the next one. And the pen took me like months to find. And I'm like, who is going to spend this amount of time searching for a plastic free pen. Like that's just, we don't have time to do that. Do they and even so- exist? They obviously do. Cause you have one. Yes. Yes. But it took me months and months and months of searching and discouragement. And so, and the great thing is this pen is like the only pen you would ever need. It's beautiful. It just works so well. And the other thing that really helped me on my path is when I read in some research or a book that everything you t- touch, rub, um, you know, that got me thinking about that's also being ingested. Like we're cellular beings and we interact with everything our cells come into contact with, even if it's minuscule. So then I just started thinking being aware of what I touched. And so those things did become important to me because I have my pen or pencil that I write with. So even like a pencil has lacquer on it. So I'm like, well, what is that? You know? And then, but then I became the accidental activist, like plastic free because lacquer doesn't break down. So I just found a pencil that's raw. It's raw wood. And I mean, it's really easy then once you have it, like, why not choose that? It's prettier. It
2: feels better in my hand. And, and so that's, it's the, just, that's, that's the case in so many of those kinds of products is they feel better in your hand. But yes. I think if anybody takes away anything from this podcast, um, and I'll probably end up quoting you in this one again, like I did last time, it's to be hyper aware of the things that you touch and the things that you're bringing into your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that makes shopping easier. It makes choices Mm -hmm. easier and you will feel better for having done it. It, It's frustrating to me when I look around now and I see all of the unnecessary chemicals that have been pushed into our life. Things like lacquer on a pencil. You don't need it. Mm -hmm. You don't need it. It doesn't need to be there. But the problem is, I think, too, when you sort of look for these better made product or these sustainably made products or these, whether they're cruelty free or they pay their employees a good wage, all of those kinds of things, what you're going to find is more often than not. And I want you to speak to this, the, the price points higher.
3: Yes, but it's an investment, but just like what your son so eloquently talked about, those items become your items Those are your main items and keep track of that pen. I keep it with me all the time. I have a backup one in a little vase that looks cute, you know, where I always know where it is. Right. And those items just become so much more purposeful and fulfilling because they have a purpose. You know, my drawer used to be filled with plastic pens that I just right. was like, oh like open the drawer and be like, oh, you know, <laughs> look at that and I should organize that or something. And I think the on the list it says the that 1.6 billion disposable pens are thrown away each year. And that's why now microplastics are in our blood, are in our yeah. food, are mm-hmm. you know, that that's just one year.
1: They're everywhere. But that
3: is Getting It's coming back on our dinner plates.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah. it's impossible I, mm-hmm.
3: to avoid. And, and not to mention when you touch it, it's shedding right in your home. Mm-hmm. So oh. you're getting it from all different angles.
1: Oh, man, I got a lot of stuff in here to figure out. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> yep, that microplastic piece. And Elizabeth, I interviewed a, a scientist who's doing some of the leading research of what that's doing to our oceans, and that's for a future podcast because i think people if you're not thinking about this issue again it can be very overwhelming but it's something i think all of us are going to have to think about at some point and certainly we should think about it in our nest so i'm glad that that's a pens i didn't even think about that to be honest that's i love that one.
1: okay so floss toothbrush pens let's move on to some other ways you know i think we're talking to about fewer better things right it's that's right. that is really what it's at the core of this conversation as well fewer better things um toilet brushes and brushes for your cleaning. What do you, instead of like the, just the, the plastic ones that, you know, we all know, what would you think would be a better choice, Laura?
3: Right. And that's where, just like the farmers, I'm so grateful to the makers of these, you know, they're traditionally made. I mean, plastic is a very new invention. Mm -hmm. So the, the artisans who are passing along, you know, broom making and, using natural bristles for all of the brushes that's so we have um you know it's just it's FSC certified wood that's raw with natural bristles brushes so then there's no microplastics at all in that to shed on your pots that you're cleaning or just having it in your home and the other benefit of it is it's so beautiful that I often just leave it out, you know, in my home as de- yeah. decor. And so these items are so beautiful that they're just, I, I just appreciate them so much. Cause it, so this company, um, they employ visually impaired to hand sew the, the natural bristles into the brushes and wow. they're just, gorgeous they're just beautiful works of art so yeah and they're you know when you think of that you're like wow this is very inexpensive for that that's amazing the, the plastic bristles so these brushes it's I've never been able to just go to the stores around me and find anything that's not plastic Mm -hmm. you know in the bristles so that's really unfortunate because that's where we spend our time collecting the belongings for our homes so if it's not a a choice that's where the trouble comes into Mm -hmm. like well now what do I do it's plastic everywhere so and the plastic it degrades you know you're gonna have to I mean all of us replace it so it, it ends up to me being much more expensive in the long run, not to mention all the trips to the store and unpacking all of your belongings and the stress of finding a parking spot, it's and so finding true. The thought of waiting <laughs> in line and I all that. So, so an, another thing
1: too, is again, like reducing things that you're just throwing away. The, the dryer ball thing, I think is probably the most approachable that once people make the switch, they mm-hmm. don't even think twice about it. I mean, Marjorie, do you do dryer balls at your house instead of dryer sheets?
2: Yeah, this is and, and this would this would be sort of symbolic of the situation that I'm in. In our laundry room where I keep, you know, the laundry soap and all of that, there is a box of dryer sheets and then my three dryer balls because I have been unable to convince my husband that there's no reason to have those dryer sheets in our home, that 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 there's we don't need them. And I think this is something that a lot of people have trouble with is if their partner isn't necessarily 100% on board um, because they just grew up differently or they're not in the same mindset that you are. And I think that's something else that's difficult is you often have to educate everybody in your family because your husbands might have a different way of doing something. And so I do most of the laundry now that we're living in the same city, and so I just don't use them, you know. And I try not to get too much in his face because he's a grown man. If he's going to do his own clothes, and he's going to use a dryer sheet. I've already expressed my feelings about that. But I can't, I can't, I can't, and I'm not going to control him in that way. But I think that's a, that's sort of an uphill battle for a lot of people of actually educating the people in their lives that these things aren't necessary. They're not good for the environment. They're not good for us and they're not necessary. So I didn't mean to go on. a No, I to go- and
3: I think that, uh, brings up what, Elizabeth, what you said last, we go off the labels. And it's this whole message, like, we have to have this, you know, we, we need this for our survival somehow, mm-hmm. like, it's going to clean our air, and we're going to be happier. And it also made me think of a woman I met who came into the store, and she talked about how her neighbor's asked her to start using dryer balls because when the the scent goes out, Cause all of our dryers are vented out into the air. Yes. And you can smell that scent when you're outside. That's how powerful it is. And I just, I just. What neighbors?
1: That's amazing. Where do they live? Can I start a commune with those people?
3: Yes. And (laughs) she, she was so matter of fact about it. She, she didn't feel judged or she's just like, yep, I switched. And you know, I mean, it was, it was so beautiful. And I just, I, please don't hate me, but I read this week, um, that, okay, so scent, anything with a scent and even items with unscented. Mm-hmm. And so laundry products fit into all of that. The forever chemicals in there are getting into our furniture, into the building materials of our homes. And so if you develop a problem to this, you have to change the building materials you have to exit your furniture that has it because it's they're not able to get those out it's
1: everywhere okay just
3: yes and just thinking about the (sighs) the damage that that's doing for so long like forever you know that's um it, it's. I'm sorry to be that messenger about yeah. that, well, but no.
2: But I think sometimes you're a messenger.
1: downer, Laura. Whatever. I mean, we don't know what to tell you. That's just part of your deal, okay? I'm but, so
2: sorry. But this is. It's. A, but this is what I think we all have to hear. Is this idea of forever chemicals? This is a big darn deal, and this is why it does feel overwhelming. Like when I talked about buying a secondhand dress, I mean. I pay more for those secondhand clothes than I would pay if I went to a store that's fast fashion. But I made that commitment because I thought, okay, I'm not going to contribute to more clothes being made. And I do, I have bought new things. So I'm not, please don't think I'm, you know, I'm not pure on anything. I'll just say that from, but I'm trying. And it's just so hard when you really start to hear it because you can't unhear it. You can't unhear that there are forever chemicals in your home that are damaging to you. You can't hear Mm them. And so then what? And I think Laura, it's not a downer message. It's just everybody needs a little dose of reality of the things that we think make our lives easier may actually be complicating your life. And there is a better way. Mm -hmm. You may not reach it a hundred percent. Believe me, I'm 58 and I've been trying since 1993, but what I know to be true is I modeled a lot of this stuff for my children and I see them living it out more purely than I do. Uh yeah.
1: Yes. Did you hear the podcast with your son Campbell? <laughs> Holy buckets. He has 200 <laughs> things in his apartment, Marjorie. So you have, you have 200 can... dresses in one closet. You have like, <laughs> yes. okay. Okay. Let's move on. That's really great. It's <laughs> okay. really Shame. great, Marjorie. Oh, no. Okay. Oh. I am, I'm really interested in this and I know that Marjorie is going to be too, because Marjorie loves yoga and I have been thinking mm-hmm. about this a lot that I, my yoga mat is a piece of crap. My yoga mat is not great. And I have been like obsessing over what's now I can't do much yoga in my current state of broken ankle, (laughs) but I am getting there. Um, So what is a better option for people? Because a lot of yoga mats are cheap. They're made out of crappy plastic and you're sweating on them. And if you're in a heated room, like if you're in like a Bikram studio, I cannot imagine that that's good for you, Laura.
3: Oh, they're all guessing. Right. And that squishy stuff comes at an extreme toxic cost. And I've always, you know, my heart just goes out. I'm like, the people putting all this time into improving their health mm-hmm. could be, it could be literally, I put on there. I just read an article in Forbes that talked about you could literally be eating and breathing your yoga mat because yeah. when you're touching it, you're breathing it in, your body's moving all over it. And so um the yoga mats are just a really cool story because I don't practice yoga, but in my search for clothing, I don't know how difficult it is to find organic fabric with natural dyes because this clothing thing could be a whole series (laughs) that we we dive into because the the dyes are their own problem and then the fiber so anyway I found these yoga mats that were organic cotton plant dyed and I bought all three colors I'm like because it's so rare and hard to find and I'm like I don't know I'll you know have it on the Bed for the dogs or use it as a rug or something. And I was blogging about it to share them and the company, well, it's a family in India. So they contacted me and they're like, would you help us sell these in the U S? So that was one of our first things. I had written some books and so I had a website. So I put this yoga mat on there and, um, But they, this is a 5,000 year old technique of in, they infuse herbs that they've hand picked in a UNESCO deemed forest that's the most perfect biosphere on the planet. Okay. Into this hand woven organic cotton that's been plant dyed and they, um, each color represent each natural color represents a different combination of herbs to enhance your practice. And each yoga mat has an herb that's antiseptic. So it keeps it naturally keeps your mat clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then each one has something for breathing and something for detox and something for I think helping your sleep. And so each Ooh, color is, is a different combination. And then it has natural rubber on the back. The family, um, you know, is trying to keep this tradition alive and keep passing it forward. And they collect rainwater. The mat can be uh, biodegrade at the end of its life. Um, so yeah, this is one of our favorite.
1: Products. Oh my gosh, that is that. magical, it, and it's one hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, so you're going to spend one hundred and fifty dollars compared to maybe like ten bucks at Target. But I have thought about that so much because you think yoga is like a thousands and thousands of year old practice, and there's no way that yogis of yore were practicing on these junky plastic mats. Like that's just right. wasn't even available, and how that's become like. A, such a symbol of wellness when it really is not is all about cheap marketing. That's amazing. Okay. Nesters are going to buy out your yoga mats. So I hope that you're stocked up because <laughs> yes. that story was like magical and amazing.
2: The We, we love the families. So oh my gosh. I love anything that. We can. And this, okay. this goes back again to makers mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. how, when you Just bring like farmers. things into your mm-hmm. home that I I do believe that that energy of the maker comes in as well. So that's, that's amazing. And $150, like that's, that's a high level. I mean, that's, that's not, that's, I don't want to say expensive because it's not for what it is. It's not expensive, but that's a commitment. And again, I think this goes back to the idea of what, you know, my son was saying last week, bizarre, and I'm learning from my own son, um, and that you're saying, Is that if we bring it into our homes with intention, that one-to-one use of knowing where it came from, what its purpose is, why it's good for us. And Elizabeth, you just, like, I'm not going to be able to get out of my head again when you bring a plastic mat into a heated yoga room. I know. I mean, oh, my goodness.
1: What
3: are we doing? Yes, and to me, I don't think of it as expense. I think of it as an investment. I mean, yep. I have these natural rubber boots made in France that are $500. Yeah. And, oh, I am oh. like, what? You know, I do not make a lot of money. And so, um, but what those have brought to me, and I wear them all the time in the winter, spring, summer, fall. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's just pennies. You know, yeah, for right. how much I use them and Cost how long, yeah. yes, and how long they last. And yeah. my husband, he practices yoga, and <clears throat> he talks about how it is actually enhanced as practice because he has to be more mindful. Like he can't rely on the squish to hold his position. You know, so it's oh. it's really um, oh, I love that a way to take your practice to an, another level as well, okay. and then last thing yes, and I'm I right. yeah I included this on there because you know this Forbes article talked about the PFRs that are in the foam mats and it says that that exposure may be affecting fertility in men and women and to me that is the real cost you know right. like you're investing in
2: the future of our species, yeah. really. Yeah. We need people that. The yoga mat just took on a huge significance. <laughs> yeah. It's a huge deal.
1: It's amazing. Um, oh, and then you talk about fertility and when, and just so everyone knows, when Laura says when, when she's referring to what she put on there, she put together this beautiful list of these products with all sorts of like, little facts for you and that's all going to be posted in the show notes for you. So you'll be able to go back. That's I, I like love this episode because we're going to have so much, uh, so many resources for you. You talk about fertility and you talk about babies. I think when a lot of people, for a lot of people, if they start on a journey like this, it is when they have babies. I mean, I have friends who have never thought about an organic something in their life. And then as soon as they have a baby, they're like, oh my gosh, I want to feed them only organic Foods and that's that, you know, I think can be a real awakening for people. Baby bottles to me are so tricky because I've always done glass bottles with my kids and, um, but I always worry, but like the nipples and stuff are made of silicone and I don't know how to get around um, that. God. Although I did do natural rubber pacifiers. What do you have for that, Laura?
3: Yes. So, um, this is, I'm so glad you brought this up because uh, once again, I turn to other countries. I'm sorry, I love the United States, but the other countries are still keeping these traditions. So mm-hmm. the, we have a baby bottle with the natural rubber. Oh, I see. And it. it's made in Italy. Oh, and why did I so have this? Yes, and it, you know, the babies fed with plastic are swallowing millions of microplastic particles a day, and I. I'm like, why are those legal? Like, why is the plastic still? But we, as consumers, have huge purchasing power. You know, if
2: we... We do. We do. We do. This is a big deal. And I was using glass bottles in the 90s and shocked by people that I knew that were buying plastic bottles, which were... I'm not going to say they were unregulated, but I don't think people were as aware of the microplastic issue in the early nineties from a consumer standpoint that I think people are starting to be more aware now. For sure. And people Mm -hmm. were putting those in the microwave. So they're taking those plastic bottles and warming Mm -hmm. their baby bottles in the microwave. And I was like, no, (laughs) because I would use glass bottles and you would, you know, I would do it old school and just, you know, heat it up by putting it in hot water. Mm -hmm. Um, But to your point, Elizabeth, I was still not aware enough to think about the nipples. Mm-hmm. I was only thinking about the bottles, but I mean, we I do just couldn't find bottles, any. So I
1: don't. didn't even know that they were available. Oh, like I couldn't find any bottles. Mm-hmm. And then this is why Laura has done well, the work. Right. That's amazing. Makeup is a big thing. Makeup oh. is another thing that I think is really on a movement for people to sort of clean up. And listen, I'm on TV every day. Well, not currently starting tomorrow. I'll be on TV every day. <laughs> Tuesday, April 12th. It's okay. Twin Cities Live, weekdays at three. Um, and, um, (laughs) but I use, I use, um, now I'm not as good about plastic free, but when it comes to clean beauty, I'm religious about it. I mean, there's, there are, I think there's one eyeshadow primer that I use for television that is not clean. Um, because it holds my eye makeup on and I have not been able to find a better substitute, but everything else is, what do you, you always, you take it to the next Mm -hmm. level, Laura. So what do you want people to think about when it comes to their makeup?
3: No, I think that's exactly right. I mean, so the skin absorbs just like what we would eat Mm -hmm. 60 to 70% of what we put on it. I've seen that in just studies all across the board. And so, our makeup, the, the woman who started it, she's amazing. Olga, she, uh, is, her story is similar to mine where she started learning about food. It started with that. And then she learned about what you put on your skin. And she's like, Oh my gosh. So she started looking at the co-ops and everywhere for organic makeup mm-hmm. and she couldn't find any. So she started this company and it's the first USDA certified organic cosmetics company in the world. So I actually found it because it was an article saying something like you can eat this makeup (laughs) because that's, that's kind of my test for my personal life. Like, would I eat this, you know? And, and so we've since, um, had a Zoom interview with her for our members and she's just delightful. I love her. You could even email her and, you know, say taxi free and she'd email you back, but um she came here when she was uh a senior in high school from um I think it was Moldova. And now she lives in Iowa. That's where she came. Yeah. And she has two little boys. She's just an an amazing person. And she hasn't been able to go plastic free. That's a real, but she will take them. Like you can return the plastic containers to her. And she, yeah, she has a lot. I would be interested to see what you thought of her shadows. Um, Like there's, So I found this when I was looking for natural art supplies, but all of the beautiful masterpieces that we see in the galleries are made from natural earth pigments for sure. And so those, you know, those are the things that she uses in her makeup and it would just be interesting to see if you felt like
2: those worked for you.
1: Oh, I'm ready to try this. This is great.
2: uh, I love that she's doing that, but I, I feel like, when we talk about this th- the things that marketing sort of tells us to do and we take that message in, I think makeup is one of those. And I do wear makeup, but I think Elizabeth can attest to this, not often and not much. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're not talking about Elizabeth being on TV. That's different. The world even though you are as beautiful or more beautiful natural than you are with makeup, Elizabeth, people will notice if because I've worked in television, people get very weird if they see people on TV without makeup. I don't, it's again, it's just, yeah. I mean, wouldn't you love to be able to do the show without makeup, but we know yeah, the can. lights are
1: hard and it's, and it's the like, it's something about and- like seeing your, your expressions and stuff. You know, there is, there's just a, there's an expressive nature to it. There's like
2: a performance thing to it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're going to take that out of the mix, but on a day-to-day basis, I still think there are so many women who will not go out into the world without, and I don't like this expression, without putting their face on. Yeah. And I just feel like, and I'm glad that this woman is creating makeup that's better for us because I think I wear makeup sometimes, like I said, not often, but I think just another way to think of this is too, is to let go of it, just to let go of needing makeup in the first place. Men don't have to do it. Why do we? I mean, I walk around and I think it's so insane when you go to a party and all of the women are made up and the men look like they did six hours ago. It is a strange thing. It makes no sense to me. Yeah. It makes no sense to me at all. And I do it too. I mean, I have some makeup and I, I can see like when I put it on that my skin tone's a little more even, but I always go through the process of like, well- is that better? Like, (laughs) does it really matter that my skin tone is even?
1: I know. And so I
2: just think, let's think about that too. It's good to, and I, I love that this woman's doing that. So I don't want to disparage the fact that she's made it her mission to make cleaner makeup because it's a hard road to tell women to give up their makeup. I mean, so, but I'm just saying, let that thought seep in a little bit that you don't have to wear makeup every day. You're beautiful as you are. If you have freckles all over your face, which I do, it's okay. If you have age spots, it's okay that you can go out into the world without putting your face on. Your face is already there. Just be happy with it.
1: I think the more comfortable you get with that, it is, it is liberating. I've just, I mean, and I post a lot of like makeup free photos of myself yeah. because, yeah. um, you know, for various reasons, but I also, I, that's just, I think getting more comfortable with it is a good idea. That being said the lip thing, you know, I was um really fortunate to have a close relationship with Horst Reckelbacher, who was the founder of Aveda mm. and um he became sort of like a grandfather to me in my 30s which was like amazing and he always said the the number one thing to switch out when it comes to any sort of cosmetic is is anything that you're putting on your lips. I mean, he said this for years and years because right. you are, you know, Laura's talking about like absorbing 60 to 70% of what you're putting on your skin. But when it comes to what's on your lips, Laura, I mean, you're just crushing it. You're eating it. There's no and way if, yeah. ands or buts about it. It is being fully consumed by you. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's move on to cookware. This is very exciting. I am really intrigued <laughs> by this clay cookware. And you talked about this with us a little bit after we recorded the podcast last week. Cookware is something that has definitely become more in the forefront as people understand how bad Teflon is for you particularly when it's damaged. But clay is a whole nother level. And I'm ready to jump in, man. I'm here for this. I'm into (laughs) it. I'm like, yeah, I am. Let's, let's talk about it.
3: Yes. Clay. Well, cookware is just dicey. It is ah, a hard place for me to go because it's Um, we all need it. And there's so many mixed messages about it. Mm -hmm. So I'm just going to talk about what I've done, because I'm so grateful for it. And once again, it's been made like this for 700 years, at least, it is just clay, it's just the earth, and they use a river rock to shape it and then they put it in this little firing hut and then it turns black so there's no color there's no glaze on it and actually the you know finest chefs in the world would consider this part of their cooking the flavor right. of it
1: of the for clay the yeah
3: terror or however you pronounce this here there works. you go you got yes. it boy these yes. pieces are
1: beautiful
3: <laughs> they are gorgeous so i leave them out you know, open shelves, they become part of my decor. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the soup pot, I've made my own bone broth every single week for over 10 years in the same soup pot. And so I mean, I think they're so inexpensive for how I just cook well, all my food in them.
1: This soup pot's $75. I mean, you know, that's really reasonable, Laura. That's not mm-hmm. in any way... I mean, obviously, you can well, get super cheap pots and pans places. Let's take that out of the mix. But if you're, like, right. a cook and you're looking at getting, like, some actual, you know, pieces that are going to last a long time, I think that's... I would have expected it to be, like, 250
3: right. right. And they... uh. It, they just keep getting better with use and that becomes part of your cooking. And it's so easy. Like literally I just put my nutrient dense meat in the roaster and I put some really high quality salt on it and the, everything is handmade. So I do place, a piece of parchment paper to get a tight seal. Oh. And then I just put that in the oven at 225 and it becomes a slow cooker. That's it. And you I don't just, even need it. Nope. I just leave for the day. I come back and it's just delicious. Okay. I mean, always, lady. I don't, I don't even add anything. I just put the meat with some salt. It, it's set it. And just it. braise
1: it so, like that for t- at 225 mm-hmm. all day. Yeah, and, and then it always it's your slow cooker. has
3: beautiful juice uh, juice around it and it's I mean you definitely have to get the good ingredients for Mm -hmm. the meat Mm -hmm. and whatever you're putting in there but yeah it's to me I'm always like okay if I get some time I want to do another cook well I want to do another book but as a cookbook called the lazy gourmet because I eat like a queen every day that's so lazy. <laughs> like, honestly, I just, I spent like a minute, you know,
2: that's putting great, it all in there. And That's a great idea.
3: But in the class, I have a class called, um, that you can get a, as a video class online. That's called Recipes to Restore Health. And I talk about the cookware being one of the ingredients. So right. I definitely consider that. A really important ingredient when I'm cooking. And yes. I just redo all of these recipes over and over for over 10 years. And I've been able to make my own food every single day. This For is amazing. Yeah.
1: The utensils are another piece. Um, if you listen to the podcast episode two of them ago with Campbell Punnett, um, he shocked the <laughs> pants right <laughs> off me when he said he doesn't even have a spatula. I don't even, I don't even know what to do with this. Um, yes. but so I'm kind of thinking Marjorie that if I sent Campbell a gift that he might accept <laughs> into his home an olive wood utensil from Laura's store and that he could Use that. You know, I, I, I'm really good about the wooden spoons. I love, I love wooden spoons and I love them. The one thing that I struggle with a little bit is eggs with silicone that I'm still using. I want to know about silicone with you, like, it, cause yeah. we, we're sort of led to believe that silicone is a better plastic than other plastics. Is this true? Am I telling myself a story?
3: I don't know. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I, I struggle with it as well. Yeah. I personally, what my way around these things is when I find a supernatural version, I just go with that. Just go and with that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's I'm right. I'm so much happier mm-hmm. and I, I don't have to even worry about it. And so then it's just like, whoop, I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. And the, what's really cool is the olive wood is naturally antibacterial. Oh, great. So it, yeah, they, it, the University of Wisconsin did this study and they took wood cutting board and the plastic cutting board. And then, um, they put E. coli, salmonella and one other thing on both boards. Gross. And within a minute, uh, the wood board, they couldn't find any traces but the plastic they could, and then they left it overnight and it multiplied on the plastic board and still
2: there was nothing on the the wood board. So this makes me think of something you said last week, which is nature rewards us. And the way that the universe was created, so much of it makes sense. So much of it is circular. And as humans, in the name of progress, we disrupted that. Over and over and over again, we've disrupted natural systems. And so I like what you said because I have silicone too. I thought that was a better option. And I like what you said that if there's a natural option with you, just go with it. You just go with it. And I think that that's a good, that's sort of what I'm going to stick in my head now is just, just go with it. Don't worry so much about it because I do think nature has its systems.
1: We've got, um, just three more kind of sections that we're going to get through to talk about things that you can switch out. And the text message chain between my college girlfriends last week was all about reusable menstrual cups. I kid you not. This is, and and it was like, sorry to be TMI, but here's where I'm at. One of the girls was like, here's what I'm trying and here's what I'm using because tampons and pads, this is another thing. I mean, Five years ago, you could not find an organic tampon on a shelf okay. anywhere. I mean, now yeah. at least they are everywhere in the stores. But Laura, again, is going to take us a whole nother direction and take us to a new level.
3: Yes. Um It's quite shocking that reproductive toxins can be in these. Yeah. You know, as well. Right as in your hoo-ha, everybody. Here's right, a newsflash. I, <laughs> I mean, just right in the region. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. And so I again instinctually was like, no, I don't want to do that. So, um, <clears throat> there are the organic cotton reusable. Um, so that's one way. And another thing was just the typical woman goes through more than 12,000 sanitary oh, pads or tampons in her life. Like, oh, my that gosh, just yeah. blew my mind. Tons. But the, um, you know, to me, there wasn't even a choice. It's like, I know now what toxins do and I'm not putting them there. So I just went, I, that was a shift that was easy for me because I didn't want the toxins there. Um, but I think in our everyday lives, that would be, that might be a harder shift for people, Mm -hmm. you know, just because, you clean it, but it's like cloth diapers and people were very
2: willing to switch over to those. So, I'm going to have to ask the question because I feel, I mean, honestly, I haven't had my period since I think I was 44 or 45 because I had a hysterectomy. So this is very far back in my history, but you've got to explain to me what a menstrual cup, how that would work because I think a lot of people really don't know
3: well it again I ours I believe are the silicon yeah silicone. so um, I didn't ever use one I'm beyond that also now yeah. I always use the sanitary pads, the organic cotton that I reused. Yeah. And so she Um, sells those
1: I've used, I've tried the cups before, just FYI. And it's basically, it's a silicone cup and you kind of like squish it and then you insert it sort of like a tampon and then it pops open and then it just kind of Mm -hmm. like suctions in there. And so it gathers all of your blood and then it has like a little tail on it, sort of like a tampon string. And you right. pull it out. Now, this is okay. this is literally what was going on in the text chain. Is I was because we were all like, well, "Have you used this? Have you tried this?" Right, right. I struggle with that because you really have to be at home to be able to change it because it's a right. bit of a mess. I mean, it's not like just pulling out a tampon. It's like you have to empty it and then you have to rinse it out. So if you're in like your work bathroom here, FYI, it's like not an <laughs> oh, ideal yeah, situation. So I definitely, um I know people who try it and like love it and, and are crazy for it. For me, it's yes. like, it's not really the right thing for me, but I am right. totally in with this, these pads, particularly for your lighter days. Cause I think even if you can switch out where if you wanted to switch to like an organic bleach free tampon, you know, which might not be as great, it's still, and then you had the pads on as like a backup or on your lighter days, I think you could really significantly reduce what you're throwing away, Laura. Does that, does that, have, Marjorie, I, did that explain yes. how to use it without being like, it, I don't know. It, no, it's perfect. It's perfect
2: because I just, I just don't think a lot of people are comfortable talking about it. And I've heard, I've heard of them for years, but I've never looked it up. And so no, that was perfect. And I think that's an interesting thing about waste uh, of, of, of having less waste. Mm -hmm. And that's a big deal. So, and what you're putting diapers
0: that wouldn't have bothered me at all. I know.
1: Um, okay. Let's move on to these leather bags. This is another really great thing. And Marjorie, when you talk about fast fashion, I think bags are another major, bags are something that like women, we really justify that we can have like a hundred of them, even though I don't know why we need that. So in the name of fewer, better things, what would you choose, Laura?
3: Well, the important thing is to remember that they've found obesogens in designer handbags. So if you want to take the risk of weight gain coming from your handbag, that Really turned me off to them. (laughs) So I was like, what? Yeah. Um, so I, and then when I learned about this, I was like, Oh my gosh. Like, what do I do for shoes? Like leather. So I started researching leather and the, the most natural way is called brain tan, tanning. And so each animal, their brain is the exact perfect amount to tan their hide. Whoa. Yes. That's like the most natural, but it's very labor intensive and there's not a lot of people left who are doing this, but the more common one is vegetable tan, vegetable tan leather. And they use the bark of trees and everything is natural in the tanning of the leather. So, Mm -hmm. you know, our handbags, we touch a lot and it, like wear it right on our skin and it's in our homes. And so, um, we have found the most beautiful company. They're in Amsterdam and they have vegetable tan leather bags that are gorgeous plus, uh, organic cotton straps and lining, which oh, wow. I've never been able to find that combination because I'll find a vegetable tan leather bag and then I'll be like, but what's it lined with? Or it's polyester or something. So. This is, um, we love ours. And the other thing too is just an accidental uh, consequence, I guess, or benefit of of all of these shifts is like this crossbody that I call is where I wear it every single day. It's become part of my outfit and it has, I don't lose my keys. I always know where my phone is and I really, I don't. Like with a purse, I would always still have to think about where it was or hitting things or if I set it down somewhere. So this just becomes, it has allowed so much freedom. I put my keys on it, my credit cards. <laughs> I was like, woohoo. It is, it That's is good. true.
1: I think if you can find one bag that you really love and not be switching out all the time, I mean, you're just not yeah. searching for stuff. You're not wasting time. Right. That's, that is really great. I'll tell you, um, I'm happy that you have, that you're talking about candles, sage bundles, Palo Santo sticks. Um, because after I broke my ankle and then my dad broke his ankle by falling out of a tree, that's a whole thing. And then we had to take my son, the baby to the emergency room because he fell off a little truck he was riding in the house and then happened to hit the corner of a wall and sliced his head open and he had to get five stitches, um, I was like, I'm going to sage the bejesus out of this house. Like I am going to freaking hit this place so hard. And so I literally like, I'm not kidding. And I looked up indigenous owned, um, like smudge and sage, companies. And I found one that makes a spray that I, uh, that I have, that I'm going to spray. This is one of my tasks for today uh, before I prepare to go back to work tomorrow is to spray the hell out of this house because there is something going on here. And so, um, Laura, I know that you offer those at Doxy Free and I just, as we close, you know, start to wrap up today's conversation to just get down to the energy the core of like the energy that's in your home and these beautiful native traditions of um of clearing out some of those energies i want to know about what to purchase and then how can we be respectful of indigenous communities when we utilize this sort of ritual as i just joked about it please know that i take it in all seriousness and and with just deep appreciation but that's where i'm at
2: yes
3: yes i've learned so much and uh the Many cultures throughout time have used sage or smoke to clean their air, like if someone was sick or it has um, certain kinds of sage have both antimicrobial and antibacterial properties. And so literally that was a way to keep the air clean when someone was sick, or even just daily, then it became a, a good health practice of using smoke. The other thing that's so beautiful that I learned is that um, sage, smoke, um, crystals, uh, candles that are beeswax, they all emit um, negative ions like the ocean does. So when you're by the huh. ocean, you know how you feel uplifted? Yes, the, those are negative ions, which bring about an uplifting feeling for us humans. And all of those contain that. So once again, nature is providing us this much better alternative. And it, um it's just it's the perfect way to end
1: (laughs) Wow! (laughs) because
3: it's, to me, it's just a miracle. And the one thing that I would like to say though, is to just be very careful. Um, All of these, even essential oils are unregulated. So I learned that people actually add things to sage bundles and I'm like, what, like, what is, why would you do that? Mm -hmm. Um, and you can add things to essential oils because they're very expensive and it's unregulated. So all of those just be, you know, very mindful of where you get them. But yeah, we have indigenous owned um, sage bundles and Palo Santo. There's kind of a misunderstanding about that it's... uh endangered but it's not and we it actually helped the community that we purchase from and it's that's an art as well because the tree has the tree is very sacred the wood is and it has to die naturally and then it has to sit there to develop these oils and then you have to know where to cut from the tree to get, and Palo Santo is another thing that's not regulated. So lots of times you're not getting, it's like, right. Yeah. And right. Shamans used to use it when people were dying. And I can see that because the smell is so sacred, it just changes everything in me as soon as I smell the smell. It's just Oh, I love that. Yeah.
2: I think I I love that idea again about how we take care of even the feeling and the smells in our home. And I just want to say to Ru, because this again has been sort of a point of contention between my husband and myself because he's air fresheners and air fresheners give me an immediate headache.
1: Oh, they're so bad. I know. And I
2: react to them very strongly. And I'm like, and he's like, I, it's not that he didn't believe me, but it just, he was like, like I kind of, it, I felt like he was perceiving me to be very overdramatic about it, but it didn't make me feel good. And it was immediate. And so that's one of the things that because we're a respectful couple, he no longer uses. And I cooked salmon the other night, and quite frankly, it smelled up the whole house. We have an open floor plan. The whole house smelled like salmon, and he had to go to work. He has a studio in the house, and so now he's in a studio that smells like salmon. And I felt bad about it. But I think sometimes we forget, and this goes back to your point, Elizabeth, of marketing You can just open your windows. (laughs) I mean, you can air out your own house. And so I think before you grab or even think about, if you're at the store and you're thinking about buying an air freshener, look at the back of it and just think, most of the time, could I just open my windows and air out my own home and then it would be fine? Because there really, there's a lot of stuff in there that you, I don't know what's in it. I just know how my body reacts to it. And whenever my body reacts to a chemical smell, that can't be a good thing.
1: Yeah. And And I think
2: that's really an
1: interesting point, Marjorie, that you make. And I think a perfect point for us to close on is paying attention to how your body reacts, paying attention to how you're reacting and really noticing. I mean, Laura's talking about the joy when she is holding her beautiful pen back at the very beginning of this episode, where you're paying attention and really giving your body the credit that it deserves. And you are not allowing people who are marketing stuff to sell stuff to you to help you make every single decision that you're trusting yourself and you're trusting your own instincts. So Laura has mentioned throughout the podcast several um, times that she has classes, memberships, books, consulting, all these different things. So you're, I mean, I just really encourage nesters to like use Laura as a resource to help you with these different things in your home. And, um, and so, And you're also shipping and, and when it comes to shipping, you do things a little bit differently, Laura. So, so give us the, the 411 quickly on your shipping and, um, a really fun code that you're offering for nesters.
3: So. Once I started Toxie Free, I had, it's part of my life, so I had to apply everything. So finding signage, oh my gosh, it is an adventure all <laughs> on its own. So my husband had to build our sign and so we, but we go to the same links in our business that we would in our home. And so we have, we save all the boxes that anything gets sent to us in. And then we reuse those to ship anything out. We have compostable tape that I've used in my own life for several years now. We have compostable tissue, compostable stickers, our stamp that we put on the box and on our bags. It uses, um, soy ink, water based ink and India ink. So we, we go down to the, the most, Minute, minuscule, but they're big details when you add it all up. Yeah, so that's, that's amazing.
1: So you can yeah. know that when things are coming to you from Toxifree Free and uh that they are shipped in all sorts of you know, recycled, reused things. And the website again is shoptoxifree.com. We'll have that in the show notes. And Laura is offering free shipping to those of you who listen to Best to the Nest. You just use the code the NEST, all one word, no spaces, best to the nest. And, um, and you can get free shipping and you can just really enjoy, I think you'll really enjoy perusing her website. It's actually really fun. As we've been talking, I've been pulling up the items on the website and just taking a look at them. So I don't know if you're into listening to podcasts twice, listen to
3: it again (laughs) and look at the website.
1: And it's just been, Laura, our conversations with you have been just beyond enlightening. And, um, you really just like make me feel better where when I, I mentioned this at the beginning of our conversation last time that when I start to look at this stuff, sometimes I feel worse and I feel mm-hmm. overwhelmed and I feel a little bit hopeless. Um, and you have a way of delivering this information that just makes people feel like they're empowered and that they're in control and that they have some really beautiful options. And so I really appreciate that about you.
3: Oh my gosh. Thank you. And I just, every single thing that you put in to make in your nest, the best that you can it just you really soar with such happiness so any oh. little thing
1: oh we love you laura
3: marjorie it doesn't get any better I than this i love you yeah
1: <laughs> order the pens that is very good stuff all right friends if you are enjoying this podcast please subscribe wherever you get your podcast. give us a review at apple podcast just hit that five stars hit it so hard hit it a few times
2: go to all your devices <laughs> find us on Facebook and Instagram at Best of the Nest. We are the podcast that brings you home.
0: To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health.